Welcome again to the Scrapyard. I'm Seamus Byrne, and this week I have special guest Dave Jansen. He's an old mate from many, many years of working together as both journalists and as colleagues across the uh, the PR slash journo divide. Uh, but he is a writer. He's currently a marketing manager with Let's Play Live. Uh, if you've never checked that out, there's a really you know it's a whole great. A uh, company running both uh, online gaming tournaments here in Australia, as well as running well across Australia and New Zealand, as well as uh, running a lot of cool uh, live stream type stuff uh, out of their cool head- headquarters uh, over in New Zealand. And he is also a massive WoW nerd. So, Dave Jensen, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, mate. Really, really good to have you. Now, uh, I'm just going to kick things off by doing a very quick roundup of all uh the biggest news so we have hearthstone fans saviors of Aldum is well on its way now we're getting the card reveals on a regular basis and then there right now there's also the fire festival event going on which kind of always happens around this time of year but we've got a league of evil twist to the event this year um with the whole um idea that you know they have stolen dalaran they have now crashed it into black rock mountain uh and are now fighting ragnaros and everything to do with black rock uh so a really fun theme there's even a bit of a dungeon run vibe to the actual uh, tavern brawl at the moment uh and you can like earn uh cool different card backs and different uh, odds and ends um golden cards i know there's even actually there's a time limited mode where if you can complete the dungeon run in under 40 minutes uh then you get some extra gold card type things i uh, managed on my second attempt to finish it in 40 minutes and seven seconds it was kind of devastating uh Maybe I'll try it one more time. In StarCraft, we have the cartoonified StarCraft option now available thanks to Carbot and his gorgeous, weird StarCraft animations, uh, basically redrawing all of the assets in the game. This is for StarCraft Remastered Edition, not for StarCraft 2 because StarCraft 2 is super high-res 3D graphics, and this is all about abusing the fact that StarCraft Remastered is a 2D game and therefore you can do a whole bunch of cool 2D cartoon graphics and reskin the whole thing. Uh, It's about 15 Australian dollar dues, I think, so you can check that out in your uh, battle launcher, battle net launcher, all that kind of jazz. Over in Overwatch League, we have one of the most ridiculous uh, Stage 3 finals uh, that I think has well, stage three final, but any finals that we've ever seen, Shanghai Dragons just took out the stage three final and it is one of the most dazzling upsets and team turnarounds we will probably ever witness. This is the team that holds the longest losing streak in the history of professional sport. And I said sport, not just esport. When it happened last year, when they went zero and 40, uh, a number of uh, experts dug around and went, yeah, that is that is the worst losing streak of all time. Uh, this year, they've been improving and they managed to squeeze into the Stage 3 finals, qualifying eighth, and then actually proceeded to beat the top three teams on its way to taking out the stage. 
huge, awesome uh, DPS play was going on from the likes of DM and Ding uh, in particular. They were just completely on fire and also in the process kind of showed that the the GOATS meta that everybody has been hating on might finally be at an end. All you need is some super excellent DPS players who are good enough to just destroy. Uh, Last news item, and this is going to lead us into our main chat, but we have Mythic Eternal Palace opening up for Raiders this week. And with that, the next round of Race to World First. Uh, All the big raiding guilds go after Queen Ashara as hard and fast as possible. And there's a lot of controversy brewing around this uh, this Mythic raid because Method, the team that has been a huge focus of the last two raids because they were the one team to start live streaming the whole progression raiding process and in the race to world first, and they did a partnership with Red Bull So they had a cool venue to focus the attention around and they won both of the last major races, but in incredibly close fashion. But of course, as viewers, we didn't know that because they were the only team raiding. We were sort of getting bits of news about what other teams were up to. But now Method is moving to a new venue in Berlin after a bit of a fallout with Red Bull over who owns the stream, who gets to host the stream and how other teams are going to be encouraged to participate. We're going to dig into this in our main chat for today's show in a moment. But Dave, uh, I'm not sure if you've been noticing anything else in the Blizzard world lately, but if you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, do do things like Saviors of Uldum, new new cards get you excited about Hearthstone, or or does Cartoonified Starcraft get you excited to, to maybe just throw your $15 at it because it's cute and amazing? I think there's a little bit of... Um... A little bit of Hearthstone and and Overwatch that's kind of in my sphere. I've never been really a big StarCraft player because I tend to want to build bases, and that's not how you play <laughs> yeah. StarCraft. Um, but I was uh, totally that guy early on as well. But yeah, you just like, can I just finish building? Yeah, it's I like, want I'm to trying to build. Stuff. Can you not attack me? Just let me finish. It looks really <laughs> nice right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that um, I, I've kind of fallen away from Hearthstone quite quite a bit because it's just a matter of. Uh, there's just so many decks and stuff to keep on, on top of and, and they're always introducing new cards and then others are becoming wild and I'm just like, it's too much for my brain. So <laughs> yeah. I tend to just play the the uh, the kind of solo adventure stuff. Um, yeah. So I did get in and play um, the first part of the, uh, say, the, the last one, this uh, League of Evil, and then I did play the, the, the Tavern Brawl t- uh, today, uh, yesterday actually. Um, but it, it took me four hours because I paused halfway through to go and do some wow stuff and then came back later. Um, and it remembered what I was up to, which was good. Um, yeah, but yeah, but actually so- the, the, the first time I ran through that, I hadn't realized that there was a timer running on this kind of new mode as well. Um, Sorry. and so, Sorry. That phone. <laughs> no worries. Mute that. Uh, that's a, that's a good ringtone though. um but yeah i i hadn't realized that that they were actually you know giving things away if you finished it in different time zones so yeah i normally do just kind of let it just sit there in the background sometimes it's it that's a nice luxury of the solo mode is when it doesn't rope you out really quickly if you're uh you know if you just need to go and do something yeah it's really good um but yeah so i mean i played a bit of that i think that uh saviors of all doom looks really interesting but uh I don't think it's something I'm going to spend money on, but if the any solo content, I'll, I'll pretty much be over and go and play mm. that. And I think, yeah, one of the things that's worth mentioning on the Fire Festival stuff right now as well is that some of the 
the card packs that you'll win at the moment um, are from the new set. So there's kind of that nice vibe where, yeah, by participating in some of this free stuff that's going on, you can also, um, yeah, score a few of these, uh, you know, a few packs of what's coming next rather than just that, you know, the, the typical tavern brawl thing where you win some classic packs, yeah, um, which doesn't necessarily help you get up to speed on what's happening right now. Yeah, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to pack, and I'm like, I got to open it, and it's like coming in August. It's like, hey, okay, <laughs> you've, you have my attention. Yeah, um, I see what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so for Overwatch League, I mean, you know, Shanghai Dragons. I, I haven't been catch, catching the latest uh, Overwatch League, so to hear that they're actually doing really well is like completely surprising, because they were not a great team at all, um, but. It's it's really good to see that they're, they're turning it around. They must have some new coaches in, in place, I would say. Is that, is that what's yeah. happening with them? Yep. And, yeah, they, they revamped a lot of the team as well. But, you know, but some of the old team are still around. So, it, you know, it, it's definitely I, – I think I think it's a great point of the coaching because I think, you know, it feels like that there has been a lot to be said for, you know, how that sort of back office team helps – get the best out of players, helps them to find, you know, ways to gel together, um, helps with the strategies, all those sorts of things I think can so often be really under underrated. But I think in the context of a league like this, where we've been able to see this now, sort of these kinds of processes helping teams improve or even, you know, teams that, yeah, as the meta has shifted, different teams haven't been able to adapt to it well. Um you know, so other teams have kind of you know risen above the rest. Um, it's it's been really good to sort of see how yeah a team that was the easy beat has has found their feet and and you know in a classic sporting sense, right? If you if everything comes together at the right part of the season, doesn't matter if you qualify for the finals as the eighth best team mm. to get through to the final. It's like then if you're in form, then that's you'll beat anybody, and yeah, that's kind of shot. yeah really great. Yeah, like, uh, the, yeah also, the, so there's also rumors of uh, two 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 roll lock coming very soon. So that'll basically yeah. blow goats out of the water completely, yeah, and actually make the games not boring because goats yeah. is really boring to watch. It really is. Yeah, and yeah, it feels like um, and look, you know, because again, in the purely spectating sense, I think yeah, goats has made it, uh, it like it's made it more frenetic in the sense that everyone is just standing on top of each other, you know, like it's such a death ball kind of a vibe mm. where, you know, if you don't know what's happening, you can hardly see what's actually going on, um, which makes it, yeah, really difficult. So I think uh, I, it'll lot. be interesting. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say it'd be interesting to see if this, if the success of, you know, the Dragons team against, you know, kind of going outside that grain, you, does that make them hold off on, locking in a 222 for now to see if you know okay is the meta about to shake back out by itself um but at the same time yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing if at that professional league level they come up with a bit of a system so that you know you have these sort of different roles in play um so that yeah that you you kind of have that a defensive and offensive structure built into the way a team has to be put together mm. and also you get players who are excellent dps players having to heal right now exactly and, and it's like that's not what they're known for that's not why they were on on the team to begin with and you miss out on a lot of these great moments like in the first first um season of overwatch league when like pyman on that crazy streak um uh, and just like murdered the other team 
um, solo pretty much. And like you miss out on a lot of that because like that's not that's not the meta. So you have to go and heal because we, we can't afford too many, you know, DPS players and so it's it's just yeah, it's a problem. So if they yeah. do actually come come out with two two two, um, it's gonna really change the Overwatch League and probably bring a lot of people back like myself who just went, this isn't fun to watch. I'm just not I'm not interested anymore. Um, yeah. I, I really want to because I loved watching in the first season, but it's just not fun at the moment anyway. But hopefully they'll bring that back and then also get me back into actually playing um, competitive because that's for the same reason. It's just not fun to play either. Yeah. Cool. So let's dive into talking about some WoW. We have 8.2 right now. Uh, we have, you know, the two cool new zones, Naz- Nazjatar. Oh, I always to struggle to, you know, just this, everything Anything to do with, with an <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, all the, yeah, long sequences of uh, of consonants, uh, like as Shara and things. You're like, which way should I say it? Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we've got Nazjatar, we've got Mechagon. I know you're all over it. You've told me that you've been smashing out the exalted reps. So, you know, I'd love for your quick, uh, overview sense of this phase of bfa and uh, what's doing it for you at the moment well i think that at the moment um, 8.2 is uh it's kind of blizzard's chance at redemption so to speak because the beginning of this expansion has definitely been rough um for a lot of people um and a lot of their systems didn't do what they wanted to do um and made people quite unhappy so it's kind of their chance to kind of say, look, guys, we're, we're on it. Um, and for the most part, it's doing a pretty good job of that. I think that, it, you know, Mechagon and, and Najatar have a lot of content um, for the first few weeks. And it's starting to get to so the people who blast through it. It's starting to get old. Um, and when once you've actually got flying and you've, you're at Exalted and stuff like that, you're getting to the point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But... Those are the, the the so-called no-lifers, right, like myself, who just kind of go in there and just play it constantly um, to try to get a leg up into Mythic rating and so forth. But I think for the yeah. regular players, um, they're just going to – there's plenty of content there, um, and a lot of people are really having a lot of fun. And both Nazitar and Mechagon are really um, fun zones. They're, they're really good. Um, I think that Nazitar has some problems with balancing when it comes to PvP because the fact that they've got these big – events that happen which are completely imbalanced like i play on a predominantly alliance server so there's it's very rare to see horde players um yeah right so that's a problem that you know and they've tried to address it by saying that like if there aren't any horde players it'll switch over to the pve version where the the naga commanders appear and you get kill the naga commanders but even that like when you when you've got flying now you don't even really get to kill one before they're all dead because everyone just like flies and kills them all. And you're like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. so that's a problem, but it, it's, it's still, you know, it's, there's content there. There's people doing it. Um, there's plenty of reps to smash out, um, plenty of essences to chase. Um, the new essence system is definitely an improvement. It's still very, um, limited and there's a lot of problems with it because it's role-based, not, um, class-based. So there's like, things that are extremely overpowered for some classes and um, people having to go and do PVP to get a PVE essence kind of thing that people yeah. aren't really happy with, stuff like that. There's like these little nagging things that could have been done, handled a little bit better. But yeah. for the most part, it's it's a it's a good step forward, um, both with the 
the content, the raids, the story, um, all that kind of stuff. It's it's yeah. a pretty good step forward in, in the right direction at the very least. Yeah. And look, yeah, I, I have just purely by work circumstance, I haven't had much time to play uh, through the first half of this year. Um, you know, I've got a, I think, I, you know, I've got one, uh, one, one twenty, and, you know, I've, I've been sort of just, you know, slowly picking away at working on a second one. Though right now at the moment, um, when I get a chance to get back in, I just want to finish um, finish getting flying so that, you know, then it's just always easier to level your second characters from there. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I'm excited to spend some time in sort of these new zones um, and particularly I think the... Um, uh, the changes to the heart of Azeroth seems like a you know a good thing in that I like I've I've said it many times I I feel like Legion was the best expansion of all time for wow I absolutely loved it um, I thought the whole artifact system was great but particularly the story side of that you know being able to just play so many classes and go through these epic uh, you know sequences to go and get your artifact weapons and to you know have these um just world world altering uh, experiences that were all about the fact that you are this class and therefore you have to go and solve this problem f- you know for the sake of all of Azeroth um completely adored that whole system so um you know it was kind of weird to see the heart of Azeroth stuff kind of play out in a whole different way and obviously they want to change systems it's you know it's not good to get, and here's the same thing all over again and <laughs> that's it's not the nature of the game either um but yeah you know i've still been enjoying this you know this expansion but it does feel like there's lots in in 8.2 now that is exciting me to kind of get back in and sort of you know, get everything set up to enjoy the final phase uh of this expansion but i am behind on like cinematics especially kind of the newest rain ending one i've heard that there is one but you know if you can you know and i guess if people are desperately avoiding spoilers but we're weeks into this thing um you know they can skip ahead by a minute or two but can you give me a catch-up on like what the hell is going on uh whether we're getting a good resolution to the whole sylvanas is the next big bad vibe that this expansion has kind of been walking all too steadily towards well, there's kind of there's been two cinematics um, with this patch. Uh, one is the kind of the story cinematic, and then one is the raid cinematic. So, well, there's been I mean, there's been three actually because there's also the intro to the zone cinematic as well. Yeah. But the the I think that what what Blizzard are doing um, or what they've been trying to do for the entire expansion is to kind of say, you know, faction war is the main story, but there's also this other thing over here that's brewing. And it's like been the worst kept secret. Like, you know, don't look over here. There's no old gods, but there really is that kind <laughs> yes. of thing. Um, and so now the faction war for this patch anyway is taking a slight backseat because there are more important things to worry about. Um, and we're moving kind of in a direction in the story where the the characters that that everyone likes, like, you know, um, Jaina and and some of the the horde faction heads are kind of coming to the realization that um you know they kind of need to work together it's the old the old thing is like we have to work together because there's a bigger problem and like that always ends up happening in wow right yeah um but sylvanas is obviously like you know doesn't want that and doesn't even know that these other characters are even doing that because the way that it, it plays out um, the major law characters in Nazjatar can't get back home 
the only people that can get back home technically is you as the hero, right? Um, But everyone else is kind of trapped there. So they're working together to, to take down Ashara, but anything that's happening back on Azeroth, no one, they don't, they don't know anything about what's happening in, in Nazjata. Um, so the basic, uh, in the, the storyline kind of thing with the faction war, um, Sylvanas has, uh, ordered the execution of Bane, um, because Bane, Bane Blood, who's the leader of the Tauren, because he helped, uh, Jaina bring her brother out of the Horde, um, after he was raised by Sylvanas to be, a, a an undead pawn against yep. the, the Proudmoor family. And because of that, Sylvanas is like, you know, we have to take him out. He's a traitor, blah, blah, blah. So on the Horde side, you're going in to rescue Bane and um, bring him out um, with the help of Thrall and Salfang. And on the Alliance side, you're going in with Jaina and um, who's the other person? Jaina and someone. I can't remember who the other person is. And you're going in and doing the same thing, essentially. So yeah. the resolution of that is that you've gone against Sylvanas and rescued Bane. Um, and brought him back to the Tauren. So the kind of ending of that cinematic is Thrall is back, essentially. Jaina and Thrall are buddies again, and something bad is going to happen to the Tauren as a result um, in the next patch. That's kind of where that's going. So whether that means the destruction of um, Thunderbluff or something like that at the hands of Sylvanas, we don't really know. Um, But that's kind of what the resolution of that particular cinematic. Yeah, right. Um, when you actually get to Nazjatar as a Horde player, um, Nathanos just kind of walks off into the distance. Uh, he's like, you know, he, he he's kind of like, I've got my own mission here, and just walks off. Yeah. Um, so the fact that the, that the Horde are even there seems to be part of Sylvanas' plan. What that yeah. plan is, no one knows. And, he, and he's like... He's wandering off with the uh, the old uh, Shadow Priest artifact uh, yes. weapon uh, yeah. as well. Zalatath, I think. Zalatath, is the name yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. So, so Zalath, like in the opening cinematic for Nazjatar, he's holding Zalatath and using it as a a guide to go to the place where the weapon's yeah. telling him to go, which is where Sylvanas told him to go. Yeah. Um, and then in the the opening kind of uh, quests. His voiceover is kind of like, you know, um, as a result of what we've done, the Alliance fleet is gone, right? So the the, the biggest thing the Alliance had over the Horde was that they had a bigger fleet by the end yeah. of um, the Battle of Dazara Law, and now they have nothing. Yeah. So they're all back on equal playing field. But then he also had another mission, whatever that might be. Um, now with Sylvanas, I mean, a lot of her, her uh, motivations has been to find a way to allow the un, the the undead to um, reproduce, like that, she's been trying to do that for like you know two expansions. Because once they rot, they just rot and they're gone essentially, and they they <laughs> yeah. have their true death. So that's what she's been doing, and and it seems a lot of this expansion has been about her and her own motivations and her own faction rather than the yeah. horde. So, um, but I don't think that she's going to be the big bad. I mean, they. Whatever, wherever they're heading with her, I don't think it's going to be a Garrosh 2.0. Yeah. Um, because they, I mean, Blizzard knows that that would be very bad. Yeah. And I think that they're going to take a, a left turn with her story and people are going to be like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming. 
At least I, that's my hope anyway, because if it yeah. just ends up panning out to be same old thing, it's going to be pretty crap. And see, that's been my fear is like, I totally agree with you that I feel like they're not going to do it. But it's that it's that feeling of 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 standing there watching this kind of slow car crash. It's not actually going to run into the thing, is it? Like they're not. <laughs> it can't happen <laughs> because it it just it it feels like like it's it's taking so long to take that left turn. And but yeah, like early on, my hope had been something along the lines of you know. Um, you could, like I was so excited about Sylvanas as you know as the new war chief. Um, I felt like the cinematic for the start of Battle for Azeroth, where she delivers the most epic for the Horde of all time. I'm like, I'm all in. This is great. I'm Horde all the way. Um, and then yeah, we kind of immediately get derailed in terms of going. Wait, I don't, I don't want to believe in her version of like she's burnt this down. What's going on? Yeah. Um, so it just it kind of went so straight down the this line of ah she just doesn't care about anything except herself um my hope had been that you know maybe the left turn would be that when we sort of you know end up facing you know whether it's Nazoth or you know I thought maybe it would have been for Ashara but clearly it's not but um yeah that the turn would come to that point where we realize you know that when the when the bad is big enough that you need someone with zero scruples to be, you know, to go in and just get the job done, you know, and that maybe that'd be that redemption, not in the sense of, you know, Oh, look, she's good again, but rather, you know, she, she is willing to do whatever it takes to beat the biggest, baddest thing we've ever seen. Um, Yeah. And so that had been the thing I'd been clinging to was, you know, sometimes you need a true war chief, um, in the warriest sense <laughs> to deal mm. with something that's that's too bad for anybody who thinks twice you know um but we we haven't quite arrived there yet and so my, i continue to fear for where it's going well see the problem is that we don't there's there's no way to know what her her motivations are based on yeah. the story we've been given yeah and um i mean there's i don't know if you've read uh before the storm by christy golden but I mean, that is the precursor to the whole expansion, and it, it very clearly shows that she's out for herself and what she believes. I mean, her initial plan was to um, attack Stormwind, murder everyone, and raise them as undead. That's yeah. her original plan, um, and because she knew that following the events of Legion, the Alliance was on the back foot; they lost their king. They had a, a king who was very inexperienced and it was like, we can go in right now and just, you know, go full war and just and decimate them and there's nothing they can do. But then other stuff started happening. Um, yeah. Azerite showed up essentially and yeah. kind of leveled the playing field again and they were like, okay, we need to we need to do something else here. Um, and I that's when to, she came up with the plan to attack Teldrassil. Yeah. And look, I seem to recall that, um, was it in that book uh, that there was the whole uh Ellen Wheeler, didn't she like killed a council of the undead like so basically mm-hmm. you know there was a leadership structure within the forsaken and she murdered them because she didn't like that they were disagreeing with her or something like that yeah i mean it was at um stromgard um so there was a a, a council it wasn't so much that they were disagreeing with her it's that so so basically when she became war chief um, she didn't show up in Undercity at all 
for like eight, two years, however long she'd been war chief, right? Yeah. Um, she neglected the running of the Forsaken. So this council kind of stepped up and said, look, we understand that you're busy. We'll help you and, and run the Forsaken and, and work, work together and keep things running and so forth. But part of that council was saying um, what they wanted was a chance to die if they wanted to. Um, they wanted to, you know, some people were just like, look, I'm tired of rotting. I'm tired of having to go to our menders and have new parts sewed onto me all the time. Um, this is not an existence I want to be a part of. I just want to die. And because they were all like on that page and she was like, ah, no, you do what I tell you to do. Um, it was that level of dissent that made her just go, these people need that this idea, this, this hope, um, in, in being able to die and also, being able to rekindle relationships with the Alliance, yeah, that needs to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. So once, uh, you know, uh, the Alliance kind of organized that meeting at, at Stromgard where, where family members in the Alliance could go and meet or rekindle relationships with their undead former family members, um, basically Savannah's used that as an example, as an as a excuse to just wipe everyone out. Um, and she also killed Kalia Menethil as well at the same time. Right. Um, who was the, the last surviving member of, well, the actual person who technically was the, uh, the leader of Lordaeron at that point. Um, but then she was raised as undead by, uh, the light. So now she's the first light, um, forsaken, um, which is a whole other thread they're going to pull on definitely in the next expansion. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I think, and that's it. Look, I, so many cool things were set up in that, and mm. in some ways, there there is that feeling, right, of like Battle for Azeroth might end up being being kind of remembered as one of those expansions where you know, like, I get it, you need to have different beats in the cycle of expansions, and you know, like Legion really was the like we are taking down one of the all-time greatest enemies of Azeroth. You know, the Burning Legion is finally over. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like you can't necessarily then go and, you know, and now we're going straight to, you know, Void Lords and, you know, and like the next kind of tier of, like there's not many tiers left <laughs> when it comes yeah, to yeah. <laughs> to the, the greatest villains in the universe. Um and so you you know you need to find your tempo changes, um, but yeah, it does feel like that yeah. that there's a lot of stuff that's been set up, and particularly yeah, things I remember hearing uh, some of the things you were talking about there earlier on that I'd forgotten about from the books. That it's like a lot of the setups. It feels like well, this is the this is the expansion in between before we then get to the the cool next phase of the story, you know, which will all be revealed come you know the next expansion. Yeah, um, but there's also the, like plenty of stuff that they haven't actually, they've set up at the beginning yeah. of expansion that they haven't even talked about that is happening in this expansion, Yeah, which yeah. I think they'll pull on in the next patch and kind of where Sylvanas' motivations come from. I mean, the yeah. fact that we all went to Najdatar and that was exactly where we needed to be <laughs> Yeah, and she sent us there, um, yeah. even as the Alliance players, like you were following the Horde and she sent them to that particular spot knowing yeah. full well what would happen. It's yeah. like, okay, so... Does that mean that she's in league with Ajara? Does that mean that she knows something? Is she in league with Nazoth? What is happening there? Yeah. And that's what the next, I think the next patch will kind of 
I mean, I think the next patch will be the last patch. Um, and so of the expansion. So I think that's how it works, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they'll have to, you know, come to a conclusion about what her motivations are. But I don't think she'll be a boss in the next raid. And I think that's where the, that's not where we're heading based on yeah. the uh, final cinematic of the um, yeah. of the dungeon of the raid. So oh, yeah, my sort of my theory at all in that sense would have been that yeah, if if she becomes some kind of big bad, it, I would be guessing it would be for the the whole next expansion rather than uh, yeah, rather than just for sort of whatever the final raid in eight point three or whatever it is um, would be. But you know. All that said, it feels like it's, you know, in some ways I feel like it's been a good six months to have had as my slow window where I haven't been able to play much and now kind of, you know, being able to jump back in now will start to kind of get to that point where all the slow playing of a number of elements, going through war campaign stuff, playing Horde side, um, you know, I'll feel like there's plenty of meat there at this moment to be able to really kind of enjoy catching up on on the things that I've missed so far. So that I'm really excited about that. Hmm. Plus you've got a whole new, um, you know, mythic dungeon to explore as well with Mechagon, which is really quite impressive. Um, and then, you know, the next patch will obviously be, I mean, we didn't get to the last um, uh, cinematic, which is basically, you know, spoilers aside, um, you know, Ashara is killed. And then the whole point of the, Ashara Dungeon, the whole reason she brought you to Najdatar, um, was to exploit the fact that you have the Heart of Azeroth around your neck. Use the power of the Heart of Azeroth to break the chains that are holding Nazoth. That right. is essentially the whole fight, is yeah, that she's cool. trying to break the chains. Um, and then once she dies, um, we're all like, ha we killed you. And then in the background, the whole mechanism like locks into place and everything breaks and Nazoth is loose. Yeah. Cool. Um, he comes out of the smoke, lifts her up, brings her back to life, and drags her off into the into the darkness. <laughs> nice. So Azara ain't dead. Yeah. Um, she's coming back in the next patch. What in what capacity we don't know. Um, we don't know exactly what's happening with that. But Nazoth is now unleashed. Yeah. Um, and we've never had an old god unleashed before, like ever. We've always we've we've gone against old gods in the past, but they've been um, at you know, while they're in their prisons. Yeah. So, like, we, we fought Cthulhu, but he was in his prison. We thought, fought Yogg-Saron, he was in his prison, um, and he was at partial strength. Yeah. So this is, like, huge, having a, an old god actually out into, into the world because, like, the size of Nazoth, if you were actually to, like, draw him on the map, he would take up a, a quarter or more of Azeroth. That's how big he <laughs> is, right? Yeah. So what does that mean? <laughs> it's a quite a... Like it was a bit of a throwaway moment in the cinematic, but what does it mean? It's huge, right? Yeah. So, as far as the story goes, and particularly as the you know as the old god most closely associated with with death and and life, it's like that whole idea that he could easily bring back all of the other old gods because you know that's that's his power wheelhouse that <laughs> that he can control life and death. <laughs> well, the, the other old gods are not dead. They've, yeah, we've never killed them. They're still there. Yeah. They're just we just push them back in their prisons. And the last line of the cinematic um, that Nazoth says is, "All eyes are open." <laughs> nice, right? So it's like, okay, does this mean all the old gods are coming back? Because if so, we are screwed, like yeah. hardcore screwed. Um, now I think that this will be 
like it, it might be something that we don't even kill Nazoth in this expansion. Like it yeah. could be something that pushes over into the next expansion. We don't know. So it's going to be yeah. really interesting to see what happens in the next patch from a story perspective. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I, I really get that vibe that, yeah, that we, that the next expansion will be all about a lot of that stuff. And look, even going back to Legion, right. One the the first class I actually, um, uh, the first class I sort of fully played through the class campaign um, was Shaman. And there was actually a whole bunch of stuff in there that was kind of teasing the fact that Twilight Hammer was starting to be kind of revitalized in a sense. And that was something that, you know, uh, again, within all the different little kind of seeds of future stories that were being planted all over Legion, um, that's the one that I've often thought back on for the fact that, you know, if, you know, if we get to, you know, old God stuff in the next expansion, yeah, which hasn't really sort of been the focus of this one, but that that seed is out there that, you know, Twilight Hammer is is resurgent somewhere in the world and the fact that, well, yeah, if we've now got, you know, truly got old gods loose, then uh, they'll be particularly excited and could easily form a nice juicy part of, uh, you know, of, of whatever next campaign we have to head out on. Um, but look, Awesome. I'm really pleased that you brought me back up to that. And as always, anytime I start talking about this law nerd stuff, it just makes me... We could be here for a year. Yeah, and I desperately want to dive back into to playing all over again. But yeah, raids, I think, uh, yeah, well, we've we've kind of touched on the the different elements here, um, but the experience itself of Eternal Palace, curious, uh, you know, how you you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, our our guild is currently eight of nine, um, probably most likely going to... um, no life it through tonight and, and kill Ashara because we got an eight percent wipe last night. So, well, by by we I mean they because I wasn't playing, I was working. Um, but uh, so it looks like they'll probably find kill her tonight um, and then move into Mythic next week, which will be awesome. Um, the fights so far are really good. Uh, the The first fight is quite difficult for casual players, uh, which is surprising because the first fight is usually the easiest fight. Um, but I've gone in and pugged it on my my alt, and it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> people, people just it, it requires actual mechanics and actual personal responsibility and stuff like that. I mean, it's um, and some of the fights in this are very much like that, and um, you can't just brute force your way through them. Um, for from a casual perspective, obviously, you know, for players with a bit more gear, yeah, you can just brute force your way through it. I mean. Um, some of the bosses, we didn't even see the second phase because we just killed it too quick. <laughs> yeah, wow, yep. Um, and it was like, oh, there's an... And then when we did it on Heroic, we're like, oh, there's a second phase. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, okay, cool. Um, but that's just that's just gear, right? That had nothing yeah. to do with anything else other than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good, refreshing kind of raid. It's um, the underwater boss, you know, I could do without, but um, it's fine. I mean, it's not like, it's not obnoxious. It's just like, oh, okay. The only thing that's obnoxious about it is you can't eat because you're not sitting on the floor. So like <laughs> healers can't like get mana back at the yeah, beginning of the wow. fight or between pools. It's, it's really, that's really obnoxious. Um, but uh, people have come up with like, there's a thing called the uh, fell slate hammer, which is like a, an item from Legion that like you put an anchor on your feet and it puts you on the ground. You can ah, use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you can drink. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's apart from that, yeah, the fights are really good. I think that the Ashara fight is fun and not, um, not annoying. Like the, some, some of the fights, even though, you know, like Jaina was, was a pretty good fight, but it got 
a bit annoying at parts because there's a bit too much RNG. Yeah. Um, the the last boss in Uldir was just annoying. I mean, it was it was a, a fun fight to begin with, but on Mythic, it just got annoying. It was just like so much like crap that could just easily go wrong and one slight mistake and everything, everyone wiped the raid. But this this last this whole tier seems to be really fun and and straightforward fights that um, have a mechanic or two that make them kind of interesting and worth repeating. And, yeah, and you're nice. not going to be like week on week go, oh, I I really don't want to do that boss. Yeah. Um, each of them like there's no boss that I'm like I don't want to do that one again. Um, which is good. Like there's there's bosses in Desire Law. I'm just like man, I really don't want to do that fight ever again. Like Mecha Talk, <laughs> I do not want to ever do that fight again. It's so annoying. Um, <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, these robots. And this is just, it's, it's painful. But I have to do it again because there's a mount there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, damn, I really don't. And and the fact that there are no raid skips at all means that we have to do them again for to farm the Gina mount because you know we can't yeah. skip to the last boss. Like we have every expansion to the last like three or four expansions. Um, so that's annoying. Have they yeah, given, it's, a, it's, have it's they given an answer for why they have decided to to not include skips? No, I mean it's one of the things that is very like baffling to me about this expansion in, in general is that they've just kind of it seems that they've forgotten to do a lot of things that they've like that they've just always done, and it's like why are you doing that? It seems like they've um like the the whole. They had this amazing system when it came to professions in Legion. It was just like really rich and interesting and everyone was like really invested in their professions and then they just didn't do it. There was no no other reason. They just didn't do it. And then <laughs> they're like, there's like, they had all these like interesting systems with um, like world quests and stuff. Like the world quest system was really interesting and like you would go out and do your world quest and get your emissary caches and all this kind of stuff because you were aiming to get legendaries or mounts or so like you do, you do, you do the, um, the Paragon caches in order to get mounts and stuff like that. Yeah. There's no reason to do any of that stuff anymore because they took all of that out for no particular reason. It's just this really weird, like choices that they've been making, which you go, what? Like, why are you doing that? Mm. It doesn't make sense. You had a thing that worked. Why did you take a step back? I mean, I guess it's sometimes very strange. I feel, yeah, sometimes it might be that case where they, again, with there's that always that element where they want to, you know, freshen things up, change things up for whatever reason. But I think it's not the idea that you know that they've taken it away um, because they just you know randomly decided to. But um, more, I wonder if it's partly that you know shifting some of the team's energy into some of the newer ideas that they've tried to introduce that actually haven't really worked out that well, you know? And so it means we've sort of lost a little bit on both sides of that where, mm. you know, that, that group that, you know, they hoped was going to show us a cool new thing that we'd all fall in love with. And then everyone went, mm, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that obviously was, yeah. it's islands and Warfront is the, the two things that probably are the culprit there, but. Yeah. Even those two systems could have been amazing. They just didn't execute them right. And both those systems, there's nothing wrong with islands. There's nothing wrong with warfronts. It's just that they don't have rewards that make them worth doing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like, there's just like, there's a whole lot of, there's little things. It's just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I don't understand you. Please <laughs> explain. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but the raid, one thing that they can, there's two things in, in, 
Battlefire's role that no one can complain about. That is the raid team and the art team. Those two teams are just killing it every single patch. They're both amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, then we've got this whole raid streaming debate going on at the moment. Um, I I gave a bit of a kind of a summary earlier, but I'm curious what your kind of quick summary is and, you know, where you think uh, things stand before things kick off. Well, I mean, the... The race to world first is method. Um, it has been method from the beginning and should be method. Um, they they came out and said, look, we're going to stream the race to world first in Uldir. And every other um, guild out there was like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And they proved that it was something people wanted to watch. Yeah. Um, they made a lot of money doing it. Um, like when they hit, when they got that world first, the number of people that subscribed and donated and all that stuff to all the streams was insane. Like I think Sko got like 1,500 subs in the matter of a few seconds. It was crazy. I mean, that's a lot of money that just poured in straight away, plus all of the advertising sponsorship and all that kind of stuff that came with it. And then when it came to the, the you know, Battle for Desire Law, they expanded it a little bit and then started you know, profit sharing with the other Raiders in the team, which is great, right? So yeah. everyone's getting a good share of it um, because Sko realized, look, I'm getting a lot of the focus and I'm getting a lot of the money. Um, so we're going to share out to, to the other Raiders so that they get a little bit um, of the profit share as well. Um, plus they streamed with more Raiders than they streamed in the last one. Yeah. Um, and they had more live Raiders in the actual studio. But the thing is, Red Bull was only like added at the very last minute of the first one. Totally. Um, and it was like, we need a venue. And Red Bull was like, look, we've got this new venue that we've just opened. We'd love for you to come in and do it here. And they agreed. And it was a very rinky-tink operation. Like it was very last minute. It was very clear that they like well, didn't have any plans. It was very like um, messy. There was a lot of dead air where they were just like, doing random stuff to try to fill the time because they had no structure. Yeah, especially on some of those days when, uh, you know, obviously they're they're just needing to kind of go and, you know, do some really, you know, like, you know, stacked runs on on Mm. other content to try to get some items and different things where they're just, you know, they're just grinding out stuff that isn't the main raid in order to just gear up in different ways. And there were some technically boring phases to watch and you're right yeah, for sure <laughs> and it was like hey what are we gonna do well, let's just sit on the couch and uh just talk crap and yep. you know that's all we can do right um and, and there's also the fact that they expected the tier to be over within a week and end up lasting like closer to two yeah um it's like you know well, it was that was 10 days and same thing happened with desire law as well it ended up being like a, a 10 day or eight day rate i think for that one yeah um but yeah, so I mean, they they created this race for world first. It's their idea, and Method have been um, the kind of leaders for quite some time when it comes to mythic rating. Um, you know, Limit came in and gave them a good run for their money in Uldir and also in Battle for Desire Law. But in the in the end, like they they were they were saying, look, what we want to do is we want to get more guilds involved and we want to make it a, a community event. Um, and that was their plan from the beginning. That's what they always wanted to do. And there's no 
like having a limit or any other guild also streaming at the same time and also racing like that will obviously improve methods you know brand because they they get to show more perspective it makes it a more entertaining stream and all that kind of stuff but i think that what what red bull wanted was like well okay look this is great and we want to be involved but at the same time like this is on the method channel we want it to be on the red bull channel because like we're the major sponsor like we want to have a bit more control over it a bit more say over it and i think it's at that point that from what i understand of it because i'm i'm in no way an expert on it or, or i don't know any of these guys or any stuff i'm just going <laughs> yeah. from what i've read um it, it seems at that point it's like where sco kind of took a step back uh, and went you know this maybe isn't where um we want this to go um and then at that point from what i understand of it red bull when they started talking to limit and pieces and all the other guilds um and that's when method kind of went okay let's not let, let's find another another sponsor and that's where they went yeah. to this, this mob in germany um so now there's actually two world first races running at the same time um you're going to have the red bull run one and the method run one yeah um i don't I- know what that's going to mean or what's going to look like or which one's going to be better um but I have a feeling that you know Method are going to win again, so you might want to tune into that one at least because <laughs> <laughs> they won the last two. Yeah, um, especially, at the same especially time, just around reset. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the first, the first one, um, Limit lost because they made a bad decision. Um, they would have won. Like Method was beaten, um, but Limit decided to re-clear instead yeah. of extend, and that. That lost it for them. That was yeah. the only thing that lost it for them. Um, and then in the next one, you know, we obviously didn't know how close either one was. Yeah. But it turned out that Method was actually closer than Limit in the end um, by a, a fair way. Um, well, not by a fair way, like a few hours at least, right? So yeah. um, like I, Method yeah. got world first and world second. They re-cleared it on their ults and yeah. killed it, right? So um so it'll be very interesting. This time around, we're going to have more perspectives. Yeah. It would have been nice to have method and limit in the same stream going head to head. That would have been amazing. But that's not the way it is. So now you're going to have to have two windows open in Twitch. Yeah. It looks like. <laughs> and <laughs> to see, see where it's going. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting. I you know, I mean, I ultimately sort of feel like the ideal in some ways would be to have, you know, method on their stream, limit on their own stream, you know pieces on their own stream having kind of each team just having its channel running and then you know you can find ways you know to kind of you know manage flicking between things you could have you know other kind of you know feeds that are sort of helping to present sort of how things kind of fit together um the biggest kind of mystery in the last couple has been that idea that we didn't you know you just didn't know where the other guilds were up to um yeah, and so and like and there was a, a lot of talk about you know people wanting to kind of keep keep their their cards close to their chest in terms of their strategies and different things. Whereas I think there's no question that I think it's it's fascinating and healthy for the whole scene if if a few more of the teams are involved with this process of of letting us kind of tune in and watch what they're doing. And and I I loved reading some of the post analysis from the the Desire Law. Um, 
sequence because it was taught, you know, some really interesting talk about how, you know, the different sort of guilds were sort of analyzing their strategies and particularly how, you know, like Limit was able to watch what Method was doing uh, and they kind of just felt like that they were on the right track because they were going with quite a different strategy, um, you know, whereas uh, Method was really just backing themselves that they would get that like one perfect run at Jaina, like you mentioned earlier about the RNG issues that you know, they're like, if everything goes right just once, then we're going to get there. And they were sort of you know, just backing that tactic of, of tanking the, uh, you know, the uh, water elemental rather than actually trying to kill it because they just weren't quite sure what was going to happen. You know, like it just, it was just fascinating to kind of see all these different perspectives on what's the right way to do it. And, and I'm excited that this time we're going to get to watch that in some ways, I just feel like, yeah, that Red Bull is kind of sticking its nose in in a way where you're like, stop trying to control it and just just sponsor the whole occasion, you know, and support all the teams that are willing to 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 stream it and, you know, do the kinds of things that means that this whole thing feels like a real community event in a way that, you know, they didn't make Ninja stream on the Red Bull channel because he was sponsored by you know, by Red Bull, it's like, they're like, yeah, we're sponsoring this person mm. who is a really great streamer and is presenting an awesome thing people like to watch. Um, so, you know, I think there's no question that the success of the past two races has showed that the audience is out there for this kind of progression scene now. And so it's it's interesting to to just sort of see a, a sponsor try to find a way to, yeah, to kind of take a little bit more control over something that is more community-minded. And the things I've read that Sko has said um, definitely shows that, yeah, he's been keen to have more of a community vibe to the whole thing um, because it's just good for the health of, of this mode of, you know, people engaging with like this this part of WoW in a way that they haven't been able to before. Yeah, for sure. I think that, like, you know, it's there's a certain amount of spin that's all happening from Suko's side as well. Um, obviously, like, people are like, he's you know, saying, well, we want it to be community-based. We don't want it to be run by a corporation, by an organization. And it's like, well, you know, Method is, a corp- is an organization as well. So you are kind of trying to run a community-based thing anyway. But, you know, the difference is that Method is intrinsically a part of that community that they're trying to um, you know, make profit from because obviously you know, method are a company, they're a business, they want to make profit like any business. Um, and so the world first race is bringing them in funds. Otherwise they really wouldn't do it. Um, so, you know, but the difference is that they're part of the community. So they, they will feed the, the kind of focus back into the other guilds and the community and the people that are, are around this kind of world first race. Uh, so that's kind of the difference. I think, whereas maybe, you know, Red Bull aren't really focused on promoting the community and the other guilds that just promote wanting to promote their brand, which yeah. is a bit different. And, and like whether or not which one will be different and which one will be better, or even if they, you know, which one will be successful, it's hard to say. And we don't really know the ins and outs of exactly what happened. We're just going by hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that like, you know, apparently the way that Method Stream is going to work is that they're going to have their main, their focus is obviously going to be on Method's progression. But there's a lot of downtime, as we said before, and that's a good chance to switch over to the other guilds and what they're doing. So all these other guilds are going to be streaming on their own channels, but Method's going to be able to, like, jump in and watch them and, and like, you know, analyze and do that kind of stuff with their casters and do yeah. it that way. 
Um, and I don't know if that's what Red Bull are doing as well. Like if they're going to, because Red Bull has got obviously got limit and pieces as their main two, but they're also talking that they've got other guilds as well that they've, they've agreed to. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that they're going to be trying to do the same thing in, in because, you know, if these other guilds like Alpha and um, Vodka and Big Dumb Guild, these guys are going to be streaming on their own channels. I'm assuming that means that Method has an agreement with them that we can use your content on our stream, right? Um, and I don't know if, if Red Bull is doing the same thing, yeah. like going in and saying, oh, we'll give you some money, let us use your stream. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how that works, but because there is yeah, now the whole so co-hosting kind of system within Twitch as well, isn't it? I think so. You know, the, yeah, I think there's some kind of way that um, that these sort, you know, the, the multiple people can be streaming something and they can all be sh- streaming it on their own channels, but in a kind of co-host type setup, so that I think you know, I can't, I don't know what the the revenue type split elements to how that stuff works yeah, but i'm no i'm really excited though like i'm really excited to see how this plays out because i i just i want more visibility of more of more of the guilds going after this prize you know and you know i kind of do wonder you know, i'm curious what you think as well is if you know do you think blizzard should be doing more to kind of support what's going on right now or do you think it's positive that maybe they're kind of you know staying out of it for now and seeing how it kind of how the you know community sorts this out and, and you know develops this part of things for themselves well i think that like like blizzard have done a very good job with uh the mythic uh dungeon invitational yeah, um yeah. like They're the mythic plus invitational they've done a really good job of that um and supporting it and getting it um going but it seems that on a whole blizzard have been taking a bit of a step backwards when it comes to esport i mean they closed down hots and um, rather than put up prize money for all these different esports, they've like put out pets and and toys <laughs> that people can buy in order to fund their own yeah, esports yeah. competitions. Like it seems like they're like they're kind of like let's take a, a step back on esports while we develop new games and stuff like that to save some money. So I don't know if they would come in, but if they were to come in, I think that what would be ideal is if um, they let it be run by the community, but they give it support. So. Yeah. I mean, like Sko said, like, we don't want much from Blizzard. All we want is for them to promote us, like let people know yeah. that we that that the race for World First is happening, put it on the launcher, um, you know, do, you know, dev talks about it, whatever you're going to do, like just promote yeah. it. That's enough for them. But I think like even if um, Blizzard were to give support insofar as like, you know, they've got the Overwatch League, um, you know, stadiums and stuff, like if they had, a, another location where the guilds could come for the, the world first and they set it up. It's it's a, a broadcast studio and they have the event there. Um, and even, you know, if they wanted to, you know, pay for all the players to be in the one place, because I think that, like, if all the players could be in the one place, that would be great. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, clearly there's not enough money in it yet that, you know, everyone can can get together in a physical location and, and cover their hotel rooms and all that kind of stuff because uh, it's yeah. a long time as well. You know, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, a, a it, solid, it is, you know, two weeks is kind of, you know, potentially uh, two weeks. That's a long time to have to wander off and go, I'll see you when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that this particular race method is going to have nine players at the event in Germany. Um, and then on top of that, they've got all of their casting staff as well and their support staff. So, I mean, running this can't be cheap, right? I mean, you've got all these people who are being flown in, 
um, and put up and, you know, food and, and hotels and all that kind of stuff, plus the actual location itself. So I think that's where the sponsor comes in, but I don't yeah. know how much of this new mob in Germany are actually paying for things or if they're just providing a location um, yeah. and if Method's paying for it all, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. I think like the, the, and there's also some interesting stuff when it comes to the commentary team for, for the new one is that it's missing a lot of faces that were there for the previous ones. Um, like Rich Campbell's not there. And it's like, does that mean that he's overdoing the, the, um, Red Bull one? It's like, it's interesting to see who they're casting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't that know if be. they've announced those yet. Um, but I think that they've like, because it's American based and it's like, let's get the Americans to do the American casting. Maybe I'm not sure. Mm. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And they've got some of the like preach is going to be there for the, uh, the German one doing a lot of the stuff um, as well, as well as the guys from fat boss, uh, final boss. Sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be, I mean, it's at the very least, it will mean a lot of sleepless nights for me. Um, <laughs> try to watch it. And the last two, the last two races, I've had the stream running, fallen asleep and woken up minutes before they killed it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and I've been like, I'd like, I'd be like, oh, I was like, wake up, what's going on? Oh man, they're close. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, they killed it. So I've actually caught the winning pull uh, twice in a row now. Oh, so that's I'm perfect. That I can keep that streak going. I think I went um, to bed and like, so I, again, I think I talked about it on an old episode, but I, because I had a, like a nasty shoulder injury over the summer that I was dealing with and it meant I couldn't sleep very well. And so having something thoroughly entertaining to kind of, you know, doze in front of, you know, lying on the couch, propped up on pillows, but just having something great to kind of have as that background noise to drifting in and out of sleep mm. um, was so good. But uh, yeah, I think uh, for Desire Laura, I ended up uh, going to bed, I think about, 30 minutes before the winning pool. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, really? I, I was like, mm, I just, I, I don't think it's going to happen tonight. I'm going <laughs> to, and I was like, Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the VOD. <laughs> but, but like in, in, yeah. in all dear, that last, that last pull of the first reset, like that, that, that time, that was stressful. Cause it was <laughs> like, you know, they knew that limit was on their, on their um, heels. And it's like, if we don't like, this is our last chance. If we don't kill it right now, we're going to go to bed and we're going to wake up with it being dead. There's, there's no yeah. like they, they just knew that would happen. They were like, there's no way we can win if we don't kill it right now. And they were getting like, I think it was like four or five percent wipes, which you know, but in that particular fight is actually quite far away from the end. Yeah, um, because of the way the fight's structured. But um, they were like, they were close. It might have even been lower than that. I yeah. can't remember, but it was like they were so close, and they were just like if we go to bed now, we've lost. Yeah. And they did. And they woke up and limit decided to, ex- uh, to extend, uh, to reclear. reset. Yep. And they were just like, okay, let's go. We can, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they got a bit more gear from um, like uh, from their caches and stuff like that. And just went in and, and smashed it. It's yeah. like, okay, that was, was really good. But yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting race. And this particular um, yeah, instance of the same before is so much more interesting in this in the mechanics and stuff. They're actually going to be really interesting bosses to watch as well. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Mithra will probably walk, walk over the first seven in like <laughs> a couple of hours, <laughs> but um, the the eighth and and oh, sorry, it's for, for first six, the seventh and eighth boss are actually really interesting bosses. Um, so it'll be really cool to see how they. You know, how they deal with the mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be a 
a one night clear raid. I think that Ashara will probably be quite difficult. Yeah. Now, look, awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed digging into uh, the, the the nitty gritty of of where this scene is at right now. Um, and Dave, you should probably yeah tell folks where they can follow and find all the cool things that you do on the internet. Um, so uh, if you, I've got a, a Twitch channel which is uh, Twitch TV slash Lack TV L A C T V, um, where I mainly stream Twitch things and. Eventually, I'll probably stream some WoW, but I found streaming WoW and trying to play at the same time makes me die a lot. So <laughs> I'm going to get used to streaming before I do that. Um, but so that's uh, mainly Twitch things at the moment. And then obviously, you know, um, uh, Let's Play. Uh, sorry, um, my brain's not working. Um, let's Play Live um, is uh, is definitely something to check out. And uh See all the uh, tournaments they've got going over there. There's that's let's a, play dot live. Is that there? Let's um... play dot live. Yes. Yeah. Um, the next tournament that's coming up is actually for Project Cars Two. It is the major broadcast tournament. Cool. Um, the finals are always broadcast on Sky TV, Fox TV, um, as well as uh, Twitch. Uh, so, and then outside of the the pro leagues, there's also plenty of other leagues running um, in the LPL Play divisions, which are the the division's just under the the pro leagues, so there's plenty of stuff playing on there. They've got twenty titles running across mm. all of their different competitions. I think, yeah, for, so there's a lot of stuff happening for folks who might have heard of Cyber Gamer back in the day. That is all now uh, part of the whole Let's Play um, ecosystem. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Let's Play Live is essentially um, what Cyber Gamer was with um, with a little bit more. Uh, TV presence and uh, and more games and more tournaments in general. So more. there's a lot more, lot more stuff. Coming more up. is a great um, word. Exactly. So, um, so it's pretty cool. There's uh, and I think that they're they're working on putting Splatoon in as a, a game as well. So there'll be something that's a little bit more kid friendly, um, which will be good. Actually, it would be really good. And I think that's again one of those things that's had such potential. But you know, Nintendo being Nintendo and not really supporting its esports, um, you know, the viability of any of its uh, esports. You know, I think Smash thrives as an esport in spite of Nintendo, not because of them. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'd be great to have some uh, Splatoon action out there. There's also another thing that LPL does that um, isn't really being done by other companies, which is the high school league um, as well. So they've got a a Dota two league that is. Um, done is played across all high schools in uh, Australia and New Zealand. It was previously in New Zealand, but we're working on the Australian version as cool. well to like amalgamate the whole thing. So they all play across, um, you know, different uh, schools and then come together for a finals. Um, and the the focus of that is very much on showing that gaming can be used as an incentive for good schoolwork. Yeah. Um, and so the kids who uh, qualify to play have to prove, have to, you know, excel in schoolwork to be allowed to enter the tournament. So it's like, you know, you can use gaming as an incentive nice. um, to do well in school. So yeah, um, awesome. rather than kind of this negative thing that gaming is a distraction, which <laughs> yeah, is definitely not. It yeah. can be used for good. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it, it can be. But yes, when, when you build a healthy relationship with the games you love, it makes life better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome, Dave. Thank you so much. And look, I'll, uh, yeah. Thanks to 
all you listening folks for listening to I think what has been the longest episode of Scrapyard yet but um, it really I thoroughly enjoyed going deep on so much of that discussion around the state of WoW and particularly the rating scene uh, if of course you want to catch this show or past episodes or my other shows go visit byteside.com or of course just download it in your favorite podcast apps uh, leave all those lovely reviews and things in all the places. Um, and yeah, just uh, keep on enjoying uh, all the things that you're playing. And of course, I will catch you again real soon on the next episode of The Scrapyard. <laughs>